What sort of changes are you envisioning? Very deep crash of financial markets, lots of uh, bankruptcies and uh, cryptocurrencies might go to the moon in, in, in these five years and get much more adoption in uh, many, many countries over the years. Welcome to Steady Lads, where we explore all things crypto, finance, and more. I'm your host, Jesse Eckel, and today we have Yuri from Syndicator, the company that makes Stoic on the podcast. We dive into a ton of topics, first talking about how he got started with AI and crypto, about Stoic Meta and their insane goal to use AI and, and what they call hybrid intelligence to try to outperform the market. And then later, we dive into quantum computing technology and why Yuri believes over the next five to 10 years, it's impossible to predict what's coming and we'll see wars, new technology, complete restructuring of society and some other really, really bad things as well as some really, really good things. Keep in mind, Yuri has spent the last eight years of his life building a company whose primary goal is to accurately predict things in the future. So it's a really interesting perspective coming from him. We'll get to all of that and more right after we hear from some of these amazing sponsors who make this episode possible. Stoic AI is a secure, fully integrated web and mobile trading app. Executing trades based on sophisticated AI technology, it's like a chat GBT for your financial portfolio. Stoic connects with a Binance or Coinbase account, enabling seamless trading and portfolio management while you live life on your own terms. To get started, simply open a new exchange account, add some funds, connect the API, and let Stoic handle the rest. Stoic AI benefits include, funds never leave your exchange account, withdraw at any time with no penalty, no portfolio limits, 24-7 automatic trading, and regular rebalancing. Visit stoic.ai for more details and to sign up for free today. Well, could you please just like introduce yourself and share your background uh, in the fields of AI and crypto? Of course. Uh, I started uh, working with startups and technologies maybe 15 years ago. And uh, my background was as a software engineer. And then I started my entrepreneur past 15 years ago, working with startups. And we founded Syndicator eight years ago uh, from the idea of researching of wisdom of the crowd and collective intelligence. And then our idea evolved and uh, on the uh, on the first year, we decided to focus on financial markets, and uh, that's where my curiosity to world of finances and crypto began. And I started being religiously believer of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in 2016, and. Uh, Working with AI and machine learning, uh, actually, I, I had experience working before Syndicator. Like we were analyzing data from from the brain uh, in our laboratories. I participated in some, some startups, and then uh, in Syndicator, when we collected data, uh, the different predictions of our analysts, when we collected quite a lot of them, uh, we started to run different statistical models which then turned into machine learning uh, models. And that's when AI started. And we realized that that's not just AI, as uh, most of the people understand what is AI, but uh, it's a combination of human uh, collective intelligence and machine. And we call that hybrid intelligence that combines human and machine intelligence. Can you really quick dive into like what wisdom of the crowd is for people who don't understand that? Of course, uh, wisdom of the crowd is the concept that was in, invented in the beginning of 20th century. Uh, it's uh, an uh, approach uh, how to get the uh, analysis of any phenomena uh, from the crowd, uh, from different people. When... Uh, uh, a bunch of people is being asked with some type of questions and their opinions are gathered and some uh, filters are applied on uh, this data gathered from many people. Um, and after that filter, we extract some indicator or some opinion or analysis or predictive uh, um, indicator. 
And uh, this approach of gathering data from the crowd, analyzing and creating some uh, predictive indicators is the concept of using wisdom of the crowd. And there are quite a, a lot of ways to tap into the wisdom of the crowd. And we, in Syndicator, uh, for these eight years, were analyzing and experimenting with different approaches. And uh, quite soon after the first year, we realized that uh, there are very different types of people and with their different cohorts uh, and styles that could be uh, segmented and analyzed automatically. And there are some people that we call super forecasters that used to be the most accurate and uh, their accuracy is like a wave. It's like growing and, uh, uh, and falling. Uh, so it's quite hard to choose manually. And uh, that's where the machine-based learning algorithms and AI is coming. So it's analyzing the statistics and the uh, way how the accuracy is changing, like how the people are behaving, what's, because everybody uh, is changing his mood or his state or his involvement uh, or becoming more professional or less interested in the topic. So that's where we find super forecasters, but that's not what we do. It's like what the machine is doing. Got it. And so, so wisdom of the crowd is essentially this idea of like collective intelligence that like uh, as a collective, we're smarter than uh, in certain ways than individuals might be. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a hypothesis uh, and uh, it's, uh, it depends on the topic is if, if the crowd is smarter and what does it mean to be smarter? And it, it is very, the, the result will depend on the way how to gather this indicator from the crowd. The taking just average of the answer, it will not be very accurate. Got it. I remember I read like something about, uh, you know, like a jar of jelly beans. And like, if you were to take any individual guest, it might be off. But if you were to take like the, the like general consensus of the crowd, um, they would be a lot closer to what was accurately in the jar. Is, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but the, it's true for the topics like that, uh, where, which are kind of simple for human being, but it, it's not true for predict, predicting future. And it's not true for predicting future on financial markets, especially on crypto markets. Got it. Uh, but it's true for some of the topics. Uh, and what we found in Syndicator that it's much more accurate if we uh, analyze the statistics of the past predictions, uh, of the, the accuracy of predictions of these humans. And if we dynamically change the weights of trust to different uh, human beings and increase the weight of trust to those who was accurate the previous weeks. And it's really insane. Got it. I was going to say, it's really insane what you guys are trying to do, just even thinking about it, because like very few people would have an undertaking of like, hey, we're trying to create uh, an AI hybrid intelligence that can accurately predict the future of what's going to happen with the markets. Like that's a crazy undertaking that you guys have been working on for a long time. And I don't think a lot of people appreciate just how crazy hard that is. Um, what I guess what inspired you guys to to do something so ridiculously difficult? <laughs> uh, like the, the, the startup star, started from me and Mike, uh, my partner, and we both are quite crazy guys. And we both are interested deeply in the phenomenon of the intelligence and collective intelligence and how the mind works and how collective intelligence works, how decisions are made. Uh, we 
are deeply interested in the computer science for like since we were a child and uh, in creating new technologies so, like everything combined together and then this uh, technologies they the, the like machine based learning approach uh, started to be available like 10 years ago like it was on the surface like you apply statistical models to the data and uh, you can make the results better like it, it's kind of obvious and we got the data uh, like we were researching the collective mind and the, the this concept and then we realized that we already have the data and why not just apply statistics on that uh, so like the, the idea was uh, evolving and uh, the inspiration it was coming from different sources like we were and then bitcoin like we then like we then we were not deeply into bitcoin we were like started uh, this technology from applying it to traditional financial markets and uh, we started digging like like we are those digging types of guys that try to understand the matter that they work with. And we were analyzing what is money, how it works, how financial system works. And that uh, gave an inspiration like to believe in all the crypto uh, that that's the future. And uh, then we turned syndicator into that. And the concept of this uh, symbiotic intelligence and ecosystem of uh, different people and different participants was coming from all this, I can say, ideology of new economy, new crypto economy. So like each year we had different sources of inspiration. And I think uh, we as humanity, we are living in very... Uh, interesting time when everything is shifting, like uh, so many shifts in society, in economics, in everything. Like, like we live with the indicator, and reality is changing so fast that every change is bringing this inspiration, and we just adapt, and we're just a part of this big organism, living together with technologies, with AI, with uh, cryptocurrencies. All of this coming together. So to go back to hybrid intelligence, uh, I'm going to try to explain it the way that I understand it. So you use some measure of wisdom of the crowd. You use some measure of super forecasters. Like the uh, in the the concept behind those two things is you're looking for really high quality data, and then you feed that into this AI algorithm that then outputs like what is the most likely thing to happen in the future? Is, is that basically the concept of hybrid intelligence? Mm. Uh, partly, yes. Uh, the concept of hybrid intelligence is about the uh, combination of very different approaches of intelligence. Uh, in our current uh, algorithms of investment products that we offer to our clients, we have uh, different styles of uh, AIs and different styles of data that we gather. We, the, the, the approach that you uh, described uh, is the one that we started with. Uh, it was like eight years ago. Uh, now we have uh, these predictive indicators that comes from combination of statistical models and several thousands of uh, humans that make predictions on our platform. And we also uh, gather the data from the market with the uh, prices, with the uh, order books, uh, with the volume of trades, like the usual data from the, from the market. And we combine it. So like the combination is the hybrid approach. Got it. Okay, okay. And can you um, can you kind of go into detail on Stoic Meta? So like that's your that's your guys' newest strategy. Um, that's a fully automated strategy. I've gotten some pretty awesome results using that. I had used Stoic before. I gotten like decent results, but I think having the ability to short and use leverage and, and things like that. I, I guess can can you kind of break down how that strategy works and like what you guys learned. Uh, 
along the way that you put into that strategy? Uh, the way how it, how it works is uh, the approach that we have taken from the traditional quantitative hedge funds that were that are on the market, on the traditional financial market for decades. Uh, but it's, the approach is not uh, available for usual retail investors. The approach is like that. Uh, there is a, a process where different quantitative researchers or quantitative developers, they use uh, their approach to use machine learning algorithms, different models uh, and they create investment strategies uh, so like lots of approaches with lots of uh, models and uh, we have hundreds of uh, we call them sub strategies uh, that are back tested the back back tested is mean that uh, the model is applied for the previous time uh, how the investment strategy would work in, in the past and uh, if it shows some unusual behavior and if we have some kind of belief that this model might work in future, uh, then we put it on forward test. Uh, so we had hundreds of sub-strategies that are uh, being tested on the real-life behavior of the market for several months. Uh, some of the strategies that we have, they tested for several years because we started this process uh, already five years ago, or maybe six, six years ago. And uh, during these years, we collected several, uh, it's like 200 with, some, with something uh, that are trusted by us, like that we uh, in our team believe that these models that were created and they, stopped being created like they, they we, we fix the the approach and uh, they leave like they show interesting results so we have these two hundreds of investment strategies and there is a meta algorithm on top of them that is uh, observing the behavior of the strategies how they perform on current behavior of the market and uh, it is dynamically changing the weights to these sub strategies adapting to, to to the way how they behave. Uh, and, and some of the models, they kind of die in, 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 in the time. So no investment strategy could work infinitely. It just works for half of year, a year, two years, maybe three or four. Uh, on, on traditional market, it's quite rarely that they work more than seven years. Uh, like from five to seven is a kind of normal. Uh, so we have this process and it, it's kind, kind of classical classical approach that we have. A, we always create these sub-strategies with different data from different points with different models on them. Uh, we always try to gather more, more data from different sources. We always try to use other approaches and we just put them in this big bucket uh, of strategies. And meta strategy is just checking who is who is doing good. That makes sense. And as far as like the so to go back to kind of the predictive part, right? So you're you are trying to predict what will happen with the markets, and that's part of the data you're using to kind of determine what strategies you're deploying. How? Uh, what is the accuracy of those predictions over time? Like um, from like, you know, when you first started, what was the accuracy to today? Like how, how has that improved or scaled up? <laughs> During these eight years, uh, we, I, I can say like the fir first four years of life in Syndicator, we were changing the metric, how we measure the accuracy. Like, like there are millions of uh, types how to measure the accuracy, and uh, then on the like on the fourth year of this of our pass, we realized that the best accuracy is PNL of the uh, of the strategy. <laughs> like how yeah, much money it makes. 
<laughs> and draw down like uh, and and uh, actually then for the for the for the sub strategies like it, it's sharp ratio which is very important accuracy so they're behaving very differently because like we have quite a lot of different approaches and uh, we create different types of investment products that have different types of behavior so like they are giving very different uh, outcomes uh, of profit and different risks of uh, maximum drawdown in the moment that might happen. Uh, that's uh, the process of um, creating these different types of investment products. Would you say, though, in general, the accuracy has been going up of like, or, you know, has have things been slowly, steadily improving, would you say? Uh, I, I would say that we are slowly uh, coming closer to the plateau, which uh, I think in time will be harder and harder to beat. Like it will be always uh, a struggle to stay near that plateau. Got it. And what's your guys' ultimate goal with Syndicator and with Stoic? Like, where do you want, where do you see like, eventually everything being uh we want to make uh this uh hedge fund quality investment products on on crypto available for uh usual people like it it was never done before usually all the quantitative hedge funds they are accessible just for narrow group of people and we want to democratize this. Like we are uh, believers in this new economy of crypto and we want to raise the adoption by the way how we do it, like creating these investment products. Like there, there is quite a big of segment of uh, investors who want to be part of that, who want to be invested in crypto and they don't want to be deeply involved into this trading, uh, deeply involved into making decisions and uh, analyzing the market. Like quite a lot of people want that uh, and they won't have different products. Like, uh, like on usual financial market, there, there are asset management companies that create different structured products, investment products that uh, help people in their personal wealth management. That's, that's that makes sense. what we want to do. Yeah, because there is there is a lot of um, th the average person can't access some of these things that, you know, these big institutions have access to. So that, that's amazing. And I, I was going to ask um, as well, you know, right now, obviously, I'm US based. Um, uh, but the results that I'm seeing with Stoic Meta are like amazing. Like I wish I could stick more money in there, but not having access to things like Binance, you know, I can't. Do you guys have any yeah. like ideas or are you guys thinking of any solutions so that people based in the US can somehow get access to these sort of tools, the tool set of Stoic Yes, of Meta. course. Uh, of course, we, we think about that a lot. And uh, what we are doing now, we are, and what we plan uh, is to be integrated with uh, other exchanges where which are uh, accessible for other countries including the United States uh, and they give the the opportunity to trade futures markets uh, so like looks like the next integration for us will be uh, KuCoin or OKEx uh, and other big exchanges got it okay yeah, because in the U.S. you can access KuCoin for now. Have you guys thought about like um, any sort of way? Like you, you mentioned a, f a fund, but well, uh, or you're you're talking about funds. Have you thought of like a, f a something where you know people can invest into it like a fund, and then they don't have to um, <laughs> they don't have to have it on an exchange or have access to an exchange? Just because you know, right now in the U.S., I know the it, it is the sort of environment where they they don't want any of these exchanges to have uh, futures or um, shorting—it's it, kind of silly. Uh, but for, for whatever reason, they're shutting that down in the U.S. 
And so, it, you know, over time, I imagine KuCoin will, you know, become off limits. I don't see Coinbase adding any sort of futures anytime soon. So are there any other solutions you guys have thought about outside of that? Uh, there are other ideas that we have. Uh, they are not on the, on, on the list of our decisions and plan. Uh, but there are ideas, yes. The Obsidian Council is my private community where I share monthly research and joining gets you access to some pretty awesome perks, including monthly research reports that dive deep into the crypto market, current trends, and projects that I'm looking at each month. The Airdrop Guide, a monthly guide devoted to hunting the most lucrative airdrops in the space. Obsidian Council members were able to make anywhere from $1,000 to $8,000 during the last Arbitrum airdrop. The Obsidian Council community, which is a private discord, where we work together to try to grow our wealth, share different strategies that are working for us, and find up-and-coming projects. Yearly in-person meetups where we get together in real life, spend the weekend at the beach together, or hit up some awesome crypto conference. We just launched the Airdrop Masterclass, a full premium level $300 course, which is a completely free and included perk for all Obsidian Council members. This is designed for somebody who has zero experience farming airdrops to get them started and get them up to speed so they can start hunting some of the most lucrative airdrops in the space. And it even includes some tutorials on hunting some of the most popular airdrops that are out there currently. We have yield strategy walkthroughs, monthly live meetings, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes for anyone interested in joining, but keep in mind we do limit the availability for slots each month. Um, to kind of move more broadly into AI, what are some ways that you're seeing AI used in the world of investing today, um, outside of what you guys are doing? Actually, uh, like AI, it, 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 very, it depends a lot on what we call AI. And uh, Different people uh, put very different meanings into this word. Uh, if we call any approach of using machine-based learning algorithms, uh, then I can say that AI started to be used uh, about 40 years ago in financial markets. Uh, and the amount of people, amount of players that use uh, machine-based learning algorithms in their um, portfolio management uh, and asset management is growing pretty rapidly. Uh, like I can say, like exchanges are built on on the algorithms. Uh, uh, market makers they use uh, machine-based learning algorithms, uh, and uh, there are. Professional traders that use robots, like customizable robots with lots of different parameters, and it's quite 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 old approach. Uh, and uh, more and more robots are being created, and more and more uh, professionals are using some tools. Like it, it becomes necessary tool for any professional that that is on on the market. How, how much of the market would you say currently uses some sort of automated or algorithmic strategy? Like, would you guess? Well, I don't know, uh, but I think it's less than 2% for now. Less than 2%? Uh -huh. Well, what would you say dollars-wise? Okay, so maybe like, yeah, less than 2% of the people do. But like, um, you know, what percentage of, of the total capital invested in the market is being managed by algorithms, um, is like is, is being automated in some way? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's much more than 2%. Like the, the winners are on, the, on that side, <laughs> those who use algorithms. Got it. Okay. Well, I was just curious. Where do you, what would you say like five years from now? You're seeing like, you know, all these different, like AI is rapidly improving. We're seeing a lot more uh, in that field. Um, and I got to imagine that, you know, it's not going to be too long here that it'll easily surpass what people are able to do investing because we, you know, emotion, our, our like emotional behavior is one of the big flaws in how, uh, when, when it comes to investing and, and how we invest. What do you imagine um, it'll, it'll be like in like five years um, with Syndicator, with AI, AI tools investing? Like, wh what do you picture the world will look like? Oh, like the, the, the 
the older I come, the harder it becomes to predict for such a long period, like five years in our world where everything is changing every month so fast. Like I don't, I, I don't try because like I realized that in this five years, quantum, probably uh, quantum computing will get some level of adoption and uh, uh, the way how the economy will change. Uh, like th there are so many factors that will change our life during these five years uh, dramatically that the role of this AI tools for asset management is not, in my, in my personal opinion, is not so big uh, compared to the changes in, in society and economics and everything. What sort of changes are you envisioning? What sort? But you said quantum computing. What else? Uh, there probably might be a war, which I, like I'm 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 not happy at all. Uh, but still, it, it 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 can be. There could be very deep crash of financial markets and. Uh, Lots of uh, bankruptcies and uh, hyperinflations in most of the economies. Uh, cryptocurrencies might go to the moon in, in, in these five years and get much more adoption in uh, many, many countries of the years. Mm, there could be pandemic, uh, some new type of pandemic. Uh, there could be robots. Uh, definitely the labor market will change a lot. Uh, the, the communication will change a lot during uh, these five years. All these uh, language models, they will play some significant role in the, on all of the markets. Like All of the markets will change. And the economy will be boring like what will happen like so many players will be flushed out and so many new types of players will appear that it's very hard to imagine how the way like definitely the way how we think and how we interact with each other will change and we, we all of us will ask ourselves what does it mean to be human deeper than now and what does it mean to have consciousness or does the machine able to have consciousness or not? And uh, so many different opinions and different parties might emerge from, from all of this. Like uh, in my imagination, the amount of scenarios is huge. Uh, it is really huge. Wow. I mean, that's... Um... I, I guess I, I didn't expect you to answer that way. That's, I mean, I'm hearing that not just from you. I'm hearing that from a lot of people that we're on like this precipice of a lot of change and not all this change is going to be good. And most people don't understand how much is going to change in just the next five to 10 years and how much of as a, a society and culture we'll see things shift and it's almost like chaos. Um, you know, you described, a, a, you know, potential wars. And, you know, I agree with that. There's a, there's a lot of tinderboxes like ready to be ignited. But <clears throat> all of these other things at the same time, like, yeah, it, it seems like the whole world is like just ready to, you know, almost be lit on fire. And, and you're like, I don't even know what will be standing after that's done. Like after, you know, maybe the, the fire is AI, you know, absolutely changing the, the workspace. Um, maybe it is the financial markets collapsing. Maybe it is this big war, but what, or maybe it's quantum computing, but what does the world look like after that happens? It, it is almost impossible to say, um, and, and what we, you know, rebuild it into from that point forward. Uh, but it's really interesting to hear you say that specifically because I mean, all you do is data science prediction. You seem like a really level-headed guy. Um, and so <laughs> that, that's, it just seems wild hearing it from you. Um, as far as, uh, quantum computing over the next five years, you really see, you really see that like gaining some level of adoption within only five years. Uh, I see that this is uh, probable. 
I see that uh, some of the institutions might use it already and might use it in uh, in their professional problem solving. Uh, that is very possible. Uh, I don't uh, make a bet on that. Uh, like I don't. Uh, I'm not sure and confident that it will happen in during the five years. But I believe that this is very possible, and uh, this is one of like this is one of the game changers that will happen with us. If not in five, then in ten years for sure. Like that's 100. Uh, percent But I'm. I think it's closer to five years. Uh, I, I, I'm on that side. I might change my opinion. Uh, but looks like some of the big players are quite close to that. Can you explain but for the average person? Like, when you try to predict like the, the, the changes, like the, the sources of game changers, quite a lot. So like if not quantum computing, then others. Like, uh, what is for sure that the temps of change changes will increase. Like what we have now is already pretty fast. Uh, like it's hard to capture what's going on. And uh, this is growing. What, what I'm 100% sure that this will not stop, that this will evolve and uh, this will grow very fast. So we are coming, we're already there. We're already in a moment where, where everything is so fast. It's almost like uh, the J-curve of like compounding where we've had technological innovation and we've been on the lower end of the J-curve and we finally reached that point where it starts to really inflect up. And that's what you're describing is, you know, all this change is about to go parabolic and, and it's going to happen so fast that people, it's going to be not, like nothing else we've experienced before in history. And I am in full agreement on that. I want to go back to quantum computing. Can you explain what quantum computing is? for the average person who maybe doesn't quite understand why that's so crazy and, and revolutionary? Uh, it's hard to explain to average person. Uh, so it's like very different type of uh, processing information uh, where like, the usual computers and software is uh, analyzing data binary. Uh, so like there is information of true or false, uh, zero or, or one. And all the analysis is, uh, and processes and data is stored being very definitive, like concrete. There is either that or this. And, uh, in quantum computing, the information is not stored that way. It operates with probabilistic uh, where each piece of data is not zero or one, not false or true. It could be this or that in some level of uh, probability. And quantum computing is processing it uh, all together. Like, so it, it is bringing much more uh, ways to solve problems and much more problems to be solved. And uh, if those approaches will be applied to current internet infrastructure, that might change the efficiency a lot, efficiency of uh, calculating or brute forcing, like the, 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 one of the fears like that all the uh, encryption algorithms will be not so safe like they are now. And uh, everything that is currently perceived as, any information that currently perceived as being private and safe will not be private. It will be easily accessible. And that could be happen that could happen on massive scale, for example. It's one of the example of the change. It's it's not one hundred percent that that's one of the fears. And I'm not sure that uh, those who will have those tools 
those power will not use that way these tools yeah it seems uh, like it also the... kind of could, could be used for predictions like it, it can be applied for algorithms on the on the on the market so like it will beat everything it's it's basically like your ridiculously more powerful computing it's like if you yeah, put much it really, really like simply. The, the, the jump uh, is like ridiculously yeah and could be it could be used in those uh, robots and uh, language models and uh, this is the place where the doubts of if machine might come to the level of consciousness uh, this is where the discussions come like if those algorithms will use quantum computing that will be kind of similar to how the brain works uh, like the brain of uh, humans got it okay so it's <laughs> like uh, basically quantum computing is like giving AI you know the infinity gauntlet it's like man they become overpowered at that point and <laughs> you know that, that's that's the point we should be scared of is when that when those two things come to you know together but also at the same time we have to protect um, you know, all of our private documents, uh, you know, all of our, I mean, quantum computing could take down like our, our infrastructure, our financial markets, like pretty much everything. But couldn't quantum computing protect against quantum computing? Would that be possible? Yeah, kind of. But the, the, I, I, I'm not, uh, definitely there are ways of uh, encryption in, in the, this field, but I'm, I'm not deeply familiar with, with them. Got it. Uh, what I'm sure that the uh, approaches will change. Uh, like for example, how Bitcoin works, like the uh, cryptography algorithms behind current cryptocurrencies will have to adapt to these new algorithms. Uh, so there will happen the shift. Probably it will happen with current cryptocurrencies and digital assets. Or it will create a new uni new universe of new cryptocurrencies with new uh, approaches and new models to protect the transactions, the private keys, and uh, what the how the private key will look like. Uh, I even don't 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 know how. how. So that will change uh, for sure at, in the period of ten years. Because essentially, the the quantum computing you know, it could break the private keys. Like right now it would, it would take forever to actually like, you know, uh, yeah. figure out, you know, be able to guess every single one in the right order, but quantum computing could do it is essentially probably. Yeah. It's, uh, it looks uh, on some level. It's not, not from the, not the quantum computing that uh, exists now, uh, but those that will exist in five years, most likely. Yes. Okay. So here's my question. In the future, let's say this happens, right? Like we've got quantum computing, we got AIs. AIs become so good at trading that essentially like a person cannot compete anymore. It's like impossible. And so we essentially have like AIs competing against other AIs and they're trading companies that are, you know, managed and run by a bunch of other AIs. Like what even is investing at that point? Like who, who wins investing when it's just all AIs trading against each other? Yeah, the, like there are different winners and losers, and the, the game will change. The game will like, change. What do you think the, the game will like, change but, to? But, but, yeah, but the but the concept of uh, the, the, uh, here comes the concept of uh, portfolio management, and uh, which is very different from the question of picking the asset or picking the investment uh, product and invest into them. So there will be very, it will be very important to have some level of hedging uh, the portfolio into different directions, into different investment products. Uh, and some of them will live, some of them will not. Uh, some of them will live for some period of time. And also it will, it is very important to be invested in other types of assets like trust, like uh, health, uh, businesses, relationships, uh, skills. So like perception of 
value might change. Like, well, probably uh, if, if the market will change a lot, uh, I, I see how much uh, human relationships are becoming more and more valuable now. Uh, like the, the concept of trust, the concept of uh, this network of uh, communities, uh, that's going to be an asset as well. So, and what and what does it mean to win in that war in in that new world? Like we cannot imagine the world itself, uh, and and what does it mean to win, even now? Like uh, how do you define what does it mean? Well, you know, like you if I'm in, if I'm investing in you know my investment goes up. I mean, I guess 30%, like, man, I won, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't beat somebody else, but what I mean is, like, I, I invested my money and I achieved the outcome that I was trying to achieve. And I, it just seems like that might be ridiculously difficult to do when, like, it's just all AIs trading against each other. Because uh, technically, the markets would just be kind of perfectly in line with profits and losses and... Or, or I don't even know. Like there'd be a lot, yeah, a lot less inefficiency. You, you, you use yeah. you use the algorithms. So like you, you're the cyborg that is uh, investing using AI. You're not just uh, trade by yourself already. And quite a lot of people do, and that's what we do in in Syndicator with Stoic. Like, to, for people to get used uh, to this type of products. So that will be essential to, to have different robots and different investment strategies that are run by robots and to have some level of understanding. It, it, it will be quite impossible to understand the depths what those robots are doing. And in time that will evolve, it will be harder and harder to understand. But what will be important to, to, keep, the, to, to keep the wealth and, and portfolio safe it will be important to have some level of understanding of those robots and to distribute portfolio between them. So that's who will win in terms of these uh, profits. Do you think there's an outcome or a future where like, you know, okay, keep fast forward, you know, keep going forward in time. AIs keep getting better at investing. Again, like it will eventually, they'll like eke out every inefficiency in existence. And there is no more inefficiencies left, like profits and losses of the company, like will directly reflect whether that stock or whatever goes up and down. Do you think there's a future where humans <laughs> then go, hey, you know what? We're going to stop trading real companies and meme coins somehow do take over and people because like AI can't guess, you know, that, uh, you know, Pepe the Frog is going to go from zero to a billion in yeah. 14 days. So, yeah, so do we just get stupider? Do we just invest in stupider things in the future in order to get that same kind of rush of investing? No, it's a good question. Uh, I, I think that uh, inefficiencies will stay forever. So that's what is uh, part of the nature of life. Uh, the, the life is a constant evolution on top of some inefficiencies. And uh, as long as we, as a form of life, will continue our evolution into cosmos and create new forms of new forms of life and interaction, uh, the under understanding of the values and uh, the exchange of the values will continue. So like the, the life, like our our biological bodies. We always have some exchange of different things within our body. And as one organism in the cosmos of planet Earth with humans, with nature, with these AI machines, robots, we will fly to different planets. Uh, as long as we will live, the market will evolve and there will always be inefficiency. And there is, will always appear some solutions some sources of solutions which will be created by symbiosis of humans and machines with some forms of hybrid intelligence. And uh, they will create new products, like the new businesses will, will come. And uh, that will create the supply and demand, all this uh, financial market 
and definitely there will be emotions and definitely there will be expectations and beliefs and mistakes and irrational irrational behavior and uh, i'm sure that will not change forever that's where like the the, the life will will be uh, like it will it will change the form but inefficiencies will be there and memes like like we have now i think will happen will, will evolve as well so there will be something else not memes but like beliefs maybe uh, some more deep oh are you saying memes like memes when you're saying like oh god (laughs) it's like what what do you mean memes memes got it okay so yeah because they because they have memes are kind of like they've been around for i mean not in the same in the same way that they are currently but they've been around for a long time like even to go to like ancient history they have like meme like things People are yeah. People are just weird. We we like to do weird things, and I like think of memes as almost like um almost like sporting. It's really similar to sporting, I think psychologically. Of like you pick a team, you root for that team, and then if that team wins, you get really happy. Only in this case, you pick a team, and if you root for it and it does well, you make a lot of money, which is I think even more addicting. So I I think I agree that I I think they'll be around. They might change, but um. <laughs> they, they kind of are in, ingrained in us. We we have sort of a tribalism. Ra- we like to rally around a certain cause and uh, push that cause forward. Yeah, me too. So, um, do you think? Do you believe that AI will ever achieve consciousness? Like personally, do you think that'll happen? Well, like it, it's uh, it depends in the context of conversation, but what we call consciousness and uh, there are definitions of consciousness where I can say, yes, of course, it will achieve some level of uh, intelligence where it will solve problems much more efficiently than any human being on the earth or any collective of humans on the earth. And uh, that we will not be able to understand the way how it works. That's for sure. Uh, uh, there will be for sure some mechanism of what we call self-awareness for ourselves, which could be easily programmed. Like the program can be aware of its state and it can evolve uh, and be aware of its own evolution. So like that could be automated. I, I'm pretty sure that this... Mm, program of being self-aware not in the way how we are self-aware but it will be uh, it will store all the parameters it will store its skills and it will understand its own skills and it might develop some skills Uh, but if, if we call some other not abilities like what does it mean? It, it also, for me, it's a game of words. Like, what does it mean to have consciousness? Like, uh, if the consciousness, uh, w- what is the origin, uh, matter or, or or spirit or core consciousness? And probably it's not we that have consciousness. Probably it's consciousness that has us. And uh, if we talk from that dimension or perspective, then it is impossible to have consciousness. Uh, if consciousness is... Uh, if we call something bigger than us, uh, which we have some access to, and if we are part of that, uh, then can we say that the machine, this AI superintelligence, is part of that? It, it also, it also the, the game, like what, what we call be, being part of that. Uh, it will for sure it will be part of this super organism of the earth like which will expand to cosmos so for sure we will it will play significant role in life expansion to to the cosmos uh for sure it will be integrated with humans deeper or with our brains with our bodies with the, like so it's kind of argumentation of of us uh in that 
meaning it's part of consciousness and of course it will happen but we're together it's like we are part of that it's part of that so here it's just the play of words uh and there is another dimension which we can bring here is about those mystical experiences like what we some humans might have feeling of uh being connected and being part of the like oneness of, of the universe is it possible for that being that machine to have that experiences i don't believe in that like i i believe that there is something uh, that we have access to uh something unique that no machine will ever have and there is something that makes us humans and that's the difference like the deep difference uh where we are not able to be so intelligent and effective like that super intelligence in in the future even now it's much more effective than 90% of current human population like it's solving problems much more efficient already here we will not be there it will uh, outbeat us but we will have access to something uh kind of spiritual like it, we call, we can call it any any way uh not it could be not spiritual or just mystical or soul and if you call consciousness with that if if that is the major part of consciousness then i don't believe that it will have it so you seem pretty optimistic about ai in some of your your descriptions are you in the camp of like ai is not going to kill us all are you in the camp of ai is definitely going to try to kill us all oh i i i am i'm in the camp of those who thinks that uh, ai will change the human society what will be a part of those drivers of the change that a lot of people will suffer a lot uh and probably even die uh on massive scale at some moment but it will not be the, the like in the in the terminator movie it will not be uh, like the, the the robots with the weapons that strike humans uh it's not the intentional evil uh it's just the uh change in the work market and change in the perception of reality and change in the system of values and adaptivity to the changes and lots of humans that are populating earth right now in my opinion uh will not be will not have the chance to adapt so to to those changes so fast and i'm not very optimistic about human society in general uh it's like uh so many countries have so many conflicts that they cannot agree on so simple things that they will not take care of those problems and uh, ai will play a role there but it not it will not be machine that decided to kill all humans it will be machine that is used by humans to win other humans in some wars like either that is a real aggressive war or it's like economical war or informational war or, or something uh so that will be the the reason is in humans that that's what i believe but the changes will i'm not so much optimistic like i'm optimistic that the life will continue evolve for sure and that the humans will be there and the humans will evolve but it will have quite a lot of big dramas that's what i believe <clears throat> Okay, last question. If people want to follow along or learn more about Stoic, Stoic Meta, Syndicator, what you're up to personally, where should they go? Uh, our website, stoic.ai. Awesome. 
All right. Well, it's been great having you on here, Yuri. And as always, people remember investing and crypto is risky. You should always do your own research. Nothing we said here today is investment advice. I'm not your financial advisor, and it's up to you to do your own due diligence on your own investments. You're a grown adult. Act like it and start taking responsibility for your own decisions. And remember, stay steady, lads.